Today on First Cup, we're going to answer your questions. And there are some great ones in the Facebook group. So stick around. We roll in 15. <sighs> I got coffee in the new mug. I got more coffee. I got Facebook. I got everything. And here we go in three, two, one. Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Today is Wednesday. It's October 27th, 2021. Why is the couch so creaky? My name is Jeremy. This is my first cup of coffee. If you don't appreciate stream of consciousness content, then you're not going to like this show because if it comes to mind, I'm probably going to say it. That's what happens when you talk before you've had much coffee. That's my first sip of coffee. Genuinely, there was that one time, like two, three weeks ago, where I had a sip of coffee because I was just on autopilot. But other than that, I wait for the show every time. Well, there is some good stuff going on. Yesterday was a non-recording day, but Andrew and I put together some plans for next Tuesday when we're going to record some Thursday episodes. We're also going to be doing some recording when we hit Rhode Island Comic Con next week. So we kind of laid out. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Daniel. Kind of laid out the plan for the next, really the rest of the year on recording. Good morning, Tommy. And it's some good stuff. We got, we got some interesting content coming. Uh, I'm looking forward to what we do at Comic-Con because we're going to do an episode. I want to do an episode on hotel room safety because it's something I don't. Good morning, Stacy. I don't see anybody talking about this. And it blows my mind. It is a, it is such a risky environment and we don't talk about it because let, let's face it. When was the last time you were in a hotel room, you heard something in the next room and you called the police or the front desk? Almost never happens. When do people call the front desk? When people are being loud. Everyone assumes that whatever's going on in the next room is people, you know, doing things. Um, all kinds of opportunity in there if you are a, a criminal, theft, or, or beyond. So we're going to do an episode talking about what I think you should do. Oh, I'm sure Andrew will get involved. What we think you should do for being safe as we stay in some hotel in Providence. Um, I'm not going to tell you about the rest of the episodes. One of them might stir the pot a bit. Not afraid of that. In fact, I think we're probably doing a little more of that than we used to because I'm more confident in the quality of what we put out. Uh, the other big things that we talked about, we talked about free training day. We talked about free training day and all the cool things that are coming as a result of the location shift, the change of venue. And I know some people are upset. There are people who are bummed out because of where we're moving and that it's further away from them. But let's face it, there are really only, to my knowledge, two people who are traveling farther than me. So um, y'all can deal, <laughs> right? Um, there are so many more opportunities that Andrew and I were just going back for, oh, we could do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And I said, hold up, chill. We can't do all these things. Like, this is almost like year year one event again. Like we've got to restart some things. We've got a lot of cool stuff happening, but 
Good morning, Dennis and Eric. Look at all my friends joining me today. Stacy is one of the people traveling further, and she says, I'm dealing, and we are good. And Daniel says, you can offer them a refund on their day of training. Exactly. Well, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll give you your money back. Oh, wait. This was free. Quit your bitching. You know, it, the person, the person who complained, they, they, um, they tried to post something on the event page. And I'm not going to go into the details, but there is some history with this person's family. And, uh, and I just didn't even prove the post because it was just, it was just a complaint. No complaining. No complaining allowed. If you want to come, you come. If you don't, you don't. We're doing the best we can with what we have, where we're at. That's all we can do. And Stacy says, the other person traveling further is traveling with me. It's true. It's true. I don't know. We, we might get some people out of the Burlington area. I've, I've talked to plenty of people. Seth from Monday's episode. I invited him and his crew. I hope they come down. I, I don't know that they will. Um, Charles Murdoch, who past attendees of Free Training Day may know, may remember. He was on the schedule, but he had to he had to pull out because his son bought him tickets to a football game that day. It's like like an NFL game, like a like a big family bonding thing. So he let me know plenty plenty of time ago. So he's not coming. So I'm think I'm thinking who else might be coming. Nobody else I can think of north. So everybody's at least a little bit south from me. Uh, not that I am the standard by which everyone should judge anything, but I get it. I do. Uh, what else happened yesterday? I had a bunch of calls with clients. Did some really, really good work. Reached out to a prospective client. Started talking with a, a another a new client who's coming on for me to do a martial arts book club. Um, they have a small. How do I want to describe it? It's not a school in the formal sense. They have a small martial arts instructional uh, business. And they're looking to grow and reached out because of what we do and said, hey, can you help? And I said, I would love to help you. So uh, I'm not going to name names because I don't name names. But this is someone that uh, I've enjoyed getting to know and we'll get to know even better. And I think that that's awesome. Stacy's saying, Gabe and Jenny, yeah. It, you know, Gabe and Jenny are flying in from Oregon. Uh, super pumped to actually meet them in person. There's so many, you know, it's going to be really funny because I'm going to be there early. I'm going I'm to be one of the first ones in the door. Well, heck, I'll probably be the first one in the door. Well, second? Anyway, one of the first. So people are going to come in, and I'm going to get to watch these people go, oh, it's you, it's you. And all these people who have never met in person before, because remember, it's been two years since we've done this event. And if there's one thing that I think is going to throw, like, push us off the rails, time-wise, it's all the people going, but I, I want to train, but I want to talk to my friend that I now get to touch and hug and handshake. <laughs> it's just, 
it's going to happen. Uh, what's going on today? Wednesday, I have, a, I have a packed day. Not quite packed. It's a busy day. Um, I went to the gym last night. Yeah, just it's kind of a normal day. There's not, not anything particularly special on the books. But yeah, it'll be a good day. House is more or less put back together. All the all the plants. There's a whole shelf of plants and plants and more plants and plants. And I cut my hair. Cut my hair. So well, I think that's enough drivel, rambles. I want to go over to the Facebook group. I want to get started here because you guys posted some awesome stuff. Uh, I talked, first off, um, Frank dropped some, some great stuff, as did Josh. So thank you to both of you. And what I think I'm going to start doing, because most of you are, let's face it, you're not being very good about just jumping in there and posting stuff. So I'm going to start tagging people as a reminder to say, hey, can you leave a question or a comment? And we'll see how that works. That way we can we can spread it out a little bit. Because you guys all have good stuff and you come in with different perspectives and different ideas on what we should talk about. And I appreciate that. Yesterday I talked about how my attempt to donate blood on Monday did not go well. And Frank said uh, he, he had some suggestions. I don't think they would have made an impact in my case, but they're still good to know. And keep in mind, uh, if you are someone who bleeds easily you should go get blood because right now donations are very, very low and we might get to a point where it actually has an impact. So if you're able, please. Uh, for donating blood, this is from Frank. I have two suggestions. First, make sure you drink plenty of water before you donate and don't be too sedentary beforehand either. Get the blood pumping. Yes to both. And Josh has a good one, which I'm going to read after I read Frank's because as he starts off, maybe too much for first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm gonna attempt to dig into this after I'm a little more awake with a little more coffee. So, uh, Daniel says, I went to the archery range on Monday, found the place full of people, was there for four hours, shot three arrows, I was just talking. So yeah, hanging out with friends, hanging out with friends. Um, I don't know if I told everyone. I, I was back at the shooting range on Saturday. My, my friend who came in to visit, he likes to shoot. So we went and he totally outshot me. But I got a little better than I did the time before and set up a lesson for a few weeks from now. So I'm going to keep working that. But you know what? Everybody who worked there was really nice. Like I can totally see that given some time, I may make some friendships there. So I'm kind of pumped on that. All right, from Frank, October is ADHD Awareness Month. ADHD is often thought of as a bad thing. However, this is not entirely true. In my research, I even found one online article that listed 151 positives of ADHD. And he posts the link. Here's a short list of positives. Being energetic. Some individuals with ADHD often have seemingly endless amounts of energy that they're able to channel towards success on the playing field, in school, or at work. Being spontaneous. Being creative and inventive. Being hyper-focused. Now, for those of you watching or people who have listened to the show for a long time or those of you who know me personally, does that sound like anyone you know? I undoubtedly have ADHD. As a kid, they wanted to diagnose me and my mother said, no, because I don't care because I'm not letting you give him, I'm not letting you give him meds for this. He's going to have to figure it out. And I'm really thankful she did. 
I have times where I can go and go and go and go. And I think when I talk about, when I've talked about the efficiency loss and me switching from type of project around, I think it stems from this. If you, if I can not be bored, I can get tunnel vision and just really dial in on a thing. Um, when we've done massive website revamps or things, if I have the time and I'm really into the project, I'll burn four, six, 12 hours. You know, I'll come up for air, walk around, eat, and then back in. And I enjoy doing that work. And there have been plenty of times that I've stayed up late. 10, 12, 2 in the morning, not so much anymore because it, you know, it screws up the next day. But I've done that for the sake of getting things done. I think a lot of times we think of it as, as Frank's posting here, a negative. It's just a different way of thinking. And I don't know whether my ability to function with it is from being told I had to or because the way mine manifests is different than the way it does for other people. I don't know. It doesn't really matter because it is what it is. It's, it's, it's what I face. Um, I'm not a big fan of meds, so I'm not going to put myself on meds such that um, it may compromise who I am. This is part of who I am. If you know me, you like me or you don't. I'm not going to medicate myself in such a way that someone may like me more. Meh. So Jenny chimes in. As a mom, I agree. I added that part. I agree with your mom on that. ADHD is not a curse. I have seen what the meds can do as they, quote, treat, and it is like suppressing who a person really is. This may not always be the case for all, just my experience. Yeah. I'm not opposed to medication when it is warranted. And I think everyone has to decide what is warranted for them. I can totally see cases where as an adult, you, you may need some support in some way. I'm not a fan of medicating kids so they can sit in a box and be lectured at. It's not how kids are supposed to be. Show me any species of animal where the young don't run around all chaotic. It's not a good way for the education system to be founded. But nobody asked me, so it's probably not going to change. But there you go. For those of you watching, if you have taught people with ADHD as martial artists. I'd love for you to drop some tips in there. What What is it that you found to be helpful? I've got some thoughts. And honestly, I, I pretty much teach every martial arts class as if all of the students have ADHD because I do, right? You know, I don't think of it that way. I really don't. Um, because I think so many of us do. I think what we label as, you know, non-typical in that way is actually the majority. That's my guess. I think it's a, um, a threshold on a spectrum that most people would clear. 
I don't think is particularly relevant for most of us to worry about. The way I teach, I'm constantly engaging, I'm moving, I'm varying volume in the way I talk. There's a lot of movement from the participants. If you, I love to talk, you know that. I could very easily stand in front of a group of martial artists and just lecture and, and give them things to think about. But most people don't like that. That's not how most people learn. Most people learn kinesthetically. There's that word, heard that word before? They learn through movement. Most people learn through movement and they learn most effectively through movement, through implementation, through trial and error, through doing a thing and then screwing it up and trying it again. Frank says, people in general have short attention spans these days. They do. And I think a lot of that comes from what we have been conditioned with. It is no secret that social media companies have researchers, uh, high-level PhDs on staff, helping them to design their products to uh, make them sticky, to build the most recurring response by getting the brain to release dopamine and serotonin. In other words, they're literally getting us hooked on these little things. So we look and, oh, oh, there's another notification. Oh, there's another notification. Have you ever known there's a notification? And you're like, uh, uh, I got to get to it, right? Like there, that's, that's what's happening there. And so the more that happens, the less tolerant we are of longer form content in the same way if you eat sweeter and sweeter foods, you find a conventional food bland. You ever cut sugar out of your diet and go back and eat, an, I don't know, an apple? And going, holy cow, I don't remember apples being this sweet. Same kind of deal. Stacy says, you talk? I'm shocked. <laughs> if I'm known for anything, it's probably talking. And Stacy adds on, why are most viral TikToks 30 seconds? Exactly. So Dennis jumps in. Uh, Dennis had a school for quite a long time. I've taught tons, tons of people with ADHD. And as someone with a very short attention span myself, I always recognized it was important to keep the classes changing and keep the kids moving. In a 60-minute kids class, there were always four to six distinct segments with more moving and less of this old man talking. It seemed to work well for them and me. Right on. Jenny adds on, everyone is different. You can't teach every student the same way. This should be the case regardless of the reason a student learns differently. I have this discussion with folks who think you need to single out students on the spectrum too. Same thing. You should be teaching to the student. What does the spectrum or ADHD have to do with that fact? Nothing. Tommy adds on, I've, thought quite a, I've taught quite a few and being a free outreach school, I tend to attract kids and adults that have ADHD or their parents, says moms. They find a home with us for sure. <laughs> I can't type. I meant taught. Yes, I caught that. Don't worry, Tommy. I, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. Whew. Well, I think the more that we can vary what we teach, how we teach, etc., I think the better. I think the more opportunities students have to find a class that works for them, the better. One of the things, I don't know if it happens, but if I had a larger school, I would at least 
investigator. If we had a bunch of different classes, let's say I had one of these big schools, and there are schools like this that have multiple spaces so classes can go at this, two or more classes can go at the same time. Let's say I had a school like that. I might run different styles of classes. We might have classes that are hyper-focused, like today is all about forms. Next class is all about basics. Next class is all about self-defense. And I might have other classes which have, you know, like Dennis was talking about, different segments. We're, we're maybe not always, but generally going to have a basic segment or a self and a self-defense segment, right? And we cut it up. That way, not only can people shift around and maybe go to a different class now and then, but parents of kids especially would find, hey, this works better for my kid than this kid. And isn't that the point of education of any kind? To convey the knowledge, to find a way to reach the students? I'm not going to lie, I've been thinking about opening up a school. Uh, this is the first time I'm mentioning that publicly. I'm thinking about it. I am in conversation with someone who may help me with it. I think I want to do it. I'm not sure, but I think I do. So we will find out. Is it going to happen soon? No. If it does, you're all welcome. And so let's dig into what Josh dropped, because this is some big stuff. Maybe two, and, and Josh is Josh Blum, uh, 13th Hour Podcast. We've done a bunch of collaboration. Uh, think the world of Josh just a super great guy. Maybe too much for first thing in the morning, but the idea of Westerners teaching and profiting from Asian martial arts is a subject of long debate and sometimes can get ugly, bringing up the worst in everyone. But the U.S. is at such a weird juxtaposition of trying to be super careful of people's backgrounds and having absolutely zero ability to see someone else's point of view in any real way. So that said, for those who teach, how do you approach questions, comments, and hate around claims of cultural appropriation? We're going to break that down because that question there at the end has a few different pieces. For those who teach, how do you approach questions, comments, and hate, one, two, three, around claims of cultural appropriation? First off, hate, if we're talking about hate, if I'm talking about hate, and, and for those of you who have taught, if you've had experiences like this, if people have uh, laid things at your feet, you know, it sounds like primarily in a, a rough or negative way, how have you addressed it? As someone who teaches martial arts based on Asian disciplines, and as someone who is not of Asian descent, I mean, my 23 and me indicates nothing. I think the furthest east I get is is uh, um, the Baltic area. So, nope, nobody's calling me. Nope, I, I can't even squeeze in at that, you know, Russian Asian uh, uh, heritage. I'm not Asian. But if somebody comes to me and they say, you are profiting or, or co-opting Asian culture by teaching karate. If they're throwing shade my way on that, I'm just not going to engage with them because I'm not. I am celebrating something that I love dearly in the same way that if I cook Mexican food, I'm celebrating that food. 
Now, if someone comes through with questions or comments, those I think are valid. And I think it's totally fine to have a conversation, especially a healthy conversation about that. One of my key elements in any conversation, I've talked about this on the show before, is the recognition that I lack experiences that others have. By not being of Asian descent, by not being an Asian American, I don't know what it's like to be of Asian descent. I don't know what it's like to be an Asian American. I don't know what that is like at all. So if someone's willing to have a conversation with me, especially if they're coming in with a different perspective, like that perspective, and help me understand where here are aspects in the way the martial arts industry operates that I find hurtful or to be co-opting or appropriating culture. I want to hear those things. I want to know if there's a way that I can do the things that I do, that I love to teach, to train. And if there's an aspect of what I do that I can make a small adjustment to and not cause someone else pain, I want to do that. And I want to do that whether we're talking about culture or we're talking about a self-defense maneuver. Hey, if I'm practicing this uh, joint lock, hey, you know, if you adjust your elbow here, it's just as effective, but your training partner is not going to come away as sore. Maybe that's not a great example, but I think you get where I'm going. I'm always open to learning, whether it's physical, whether it's conversational, about what I do and how I do it. So we've got some some comments coming in, and I appreciate that. So first off, Daniel, I'm a massive, quote, his words, lefty snowflake liberal, but cultural appropriation because you teach a martial art, treat the comments with the contempt that they deserve. It all depends, in my mind, on how it's brought to you. There are ways to bring things up that are are not um, root. Here, here's a great example. Here, here's a personal example. Here's something. Okay, so many of you know. Actually, I don't know that. We don't talk about this. Uh, some of you may know. I'm of Jewish Jewish descent. I was raised Jewish. Can't talk. I was raised Jewish. Had a bar mitzvah. The whole Shabbat. I'm not a big fan of people using Hitler as the cliche yardstick to define someone being terrible. He's the next Hitler. Mm. Mm. Really? Really? And I've brought that to people before, always respectfully. Hey, I want you to see my point of view here. There's a huge chunk of my family tree that doesn't exist because of this person. The person you are comparing them to, yeah, they've done some crummy things. But are you really equating those? I'm willing to have the conversation, even if it's difficult. Because I think if I'm going to voice my unease about the subject, I have the responsibility to do it in a respectful way that might actually lead to a change of opinion. Else it's just arguing. Stacy says, one I've always wondered about, ITF versus WTF Taekwondo and the connections to North and South Korea. I wonder how folks 
in Korea feel about some of those things. Now, 99% uh, of my understanding of Taekwondo and its roots come from the book A Killing Art. We've talked about it on this show and Martial Arts Radio a bunch. But I think as, as we as we come to an end here, I think we can look at this from like a macro, broader base. How do we handle people uh, um, feeling hurt or left out or whatever around any cultural subject? But let's narrow it down because this is a martial arts show. I think if you take a big step back from what you do, how you do, Tommy says, being Native American and Irish, I got stories teaching Chinese martial arts. I, I, Tommy, regardless of your heritage, I know you have stories. That that that. Um, Tommy is overdue coming on the show, and and I hope he will accept the the invite. I, I I told Andrew the other day. I said I don't know why this hasn't happened yet, but he has to come on the show. So I, I want to hear these stories. I'm 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 tired of catching these bits. Like I, I really want to hear these stories. Um. If you take a big step back from what you say, what you do, how, etc., I think it becomes pretty simple to identify what's okay and what's not, right? And I don't even want to provide examples because we all draw the lines differently. But I think given the time that we're in, where let's face it, there are a lot of people looking for reasons to be unhappy. And I'm sure there are people looking for reasons to be unhappy with me. The only thing I can do, because I, I can't change them, I can change me, what can I do? I can be willing to devote a little bit of energy, some awareness to how I talk, how I show up, in every area of life. And I think we should do that constantly. Maybe you're not doing it at a deep level all the time, but having some reflection. You know, there, there was an experience I had probably about a month ago, six weeks ago, where I was in a situation that was funny. We were watching something funny, me and a friend, and I made a joke. And the joke was at someone's expense, which is not something I typically do. And once I said it, once I heard the last word come out of my mouth, I was like, Jeremy, you said that? And I sat with it and it bothered me. It bothered me that I said that. And so I reached out to my friend and I said, you know, I, I apologize. That was not, that was not a good thing for me to do. And fortunately, they, they accepted my apology. And I think that's how, that's how most of us are going to learn. We have to have some awareness for what we do and what we say and how we show up around others because it's the best way to learn. I'm hard on myself with a lot of things. It's not always easy to be me around me. 
but I'm doing the best I can. And I think if people know that you're doing the best you can, if you're open to feedback, if you're open to criticism, if you're willing to grow as a person, they're willing to let you, maybe not slide, but they're willing to work with you. Think about it from the perspective of teaching martial arts. If you've got a student who, let's face it, they're terrible, but you know they're going home and they're training and they're busting their butt and they just struggle. You're still probably going to invest more time in that person than the person who shows up to class and gets it right the first time. But, you know, they're not putting their heart into it. Daniel says, I want to hear these stories too. Get Tommy on the show. He says, he's accepted. Yay. And Frank will end on this. This is thank you, Frank. I can't think of any reasons. You're wonderful just the way you are. Well, thanks, Frank. So are you, my friend. All right, everybody. Time to go. Go, I don't know, watch something, do something, do something nice for somebody. Find a find a person and say something about them that you like. You spend too much time being negative and hateful and that's not sustainable. So I barely drank any coffee. I was talking the whole time. I will see you back here tomorrow because we do it every day, every weekday, 6.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. If you're watching live, thank you. If you're watching the video later, thank you. If you're listening to the audio later, also thank you. There's no wrong way to consume first cup. It sounds kind of awkward, but I guess we'll just leave that there. Stacy says hugs to you and all your listeners. I'm right back at you, Stacy. So hugs to all of you. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.